0: The party searched the detritus of the ancient, now subterranean city. They had been commissioned to find a powerful artifact in the ruins, but over the centuries, many a treasure hunter had already stripped away anything of obvious value. Hours into the search, the party was hungry, tired, and ready to stop for the night. As they began to make their way back to the surface, Fan gave a final glance over her shoulder. From out of the darkness, one of the structures, an immense orb half hidden by the surrounding rubble, seemed to gleam, reflecting back the light of the party's torches. When part of the street collapsed beneath Fan's feet, she was too distracted by the sphere to react in time. She fell into a waist deep hole, becoming firmly stuck and no amount of Goric's pulling could free her. The Nethery street had been well made in the golden age of the Fallen Empire, and even centuries of abandonment later, it did not yield to the party's attempts to dig Fan out. Goric remembered how he had once seen a farmer free a stuck calf from a fence by slicking its hide with oil. So it was decided the cleric should cast grease in the hopes it would allow Fan to be lifted out. However, when the spell left the cleric's throat in an exhaled breath, it did not act as expected. For a fraction of a second, the same enormous orb that had caught Fan's attention flared with a sharp strike of light. And rather than simply coating Fan in a light layer of grease, the spell blasted oil upwards from the hole like a geyser flinging fan up in the air, and drenching the entire area. After a few seconds, the party realized something truly terrifying. The oil was not stopping. The oil began hurtling upward with such force, it began to tear away sections of the previously immutable street. The party was forced to run for higher ground as grease began to flood the ancient streets. By the time everyone made it back to the surface, The grease had completely flooded the underground city. Well, Fan said sadly, I suppose we should go tell that guy at the inn. If he wants that artifact, he's gonna have to go swimming for it. How did a level 1 spell manage to flood an entire subterranean city? Hi, I'm Katie, and in today's chapter of the Tome of Dungeoneering, let's explore a powerful artifact, once a shining keystone of the Nethro Empire's power and success, now an impotent colossus, marking the Empire's fall, the Mythalar. Okay, so first. What's a Mythilar? What does it have to do with that out-of-control grease spell? Mytholars are giant crystal balls that function kind of like electric outlets. Just like how electric outlets connect to a source of electricity, mytholars connect to a source of magic, the weave. Also, similar to how you don't want to stick your finger in an outlet, anything that touches a Mythilar is instantly killed, disintegrated. Dead. Done. And that includes the undead. It will kill you again. (laughs) Back before the fall of Netheril, there were entire cities on mountaintops being floated around in the sky, and their continuous levitation was entirely dependent on Mithilars. Normally, when a mage wants to make a magical item, they have to spend their life force to power it and you can imagine the amount of life force it would take to continuously float an entire city, it would leave you with a major mage shortage. <laughs> but with a Mythalar, they could just plug the city floating spell directly into the weave. No dead mages required. As long as a spell or a magical item was within one mile of the mithilar, it would function. But then, when the mage Karsis killed the goddess Mistral and whoopsie-daisy destroyed the weave, it was like shutting off electricity to the world. No electricity, no more functioning outlets. So all the Mythlar stopped working, and the cities fell out of the sky. Now, before we go any further, let's answer what are probably some burning questions. Katie, Katie... If Karsus accidentally destroyed magic and rendered the Mithylaras powerless, then how does magic still exist? And why hasn't anyone turned the Mithylaras back on? And you still haven't explained what this has to do with that spell going crazy. All right, patience, patience. I'm, I'm getting there. So, after Karsus killed Mistral and tried to take her mantle of godhood, he realized real quick uh, her mantle was literally the weave. For him to take it, he would have to bear the burden of all magic for all time. And spoiler, he couldn't. He dies a horrific death. And Mistral is reformed as a new goddess, Mistra. Now, Mistra, like lots of other parental figures we might know, gets to clean up the huge mess that Carse has created. And she starts by putting magic back together. But Also, like those parental figures we might know, she decides, hey, you know, since humans have grossly misused their privileges with super powerful magic, she's going to revoke those privileges. She reforms magic, so those super powerful spells are just no longer available. She puts a hard stop to any magic past level 10. All the more powerful spells previously accessible to humans and others just don't function in the new framework of magic. And that included the Mythalar. But, you know, if someone just happened to be homebrewing a game, and if a party visited a fallen city with a Mythalar that just happened to still have a weird on-off connection to the Reformed Weave, well, that brings us back to how earlier a tiny level 1 grease spell became a level 10 grease flood. Unbeknownst to the players, there was a Mythlar nearby. Although it is largely understood that the Mithilar and those lost, super-powerful spells are no longer functioning, that doesn't mean it's necessarily true. And since we are here to encourage homebrewing, let's brainstorm. What would happen if rumor told of a Mithilar in the ruins of a once-floating Netheril city? Would your players partake in a race to recapture the item? Would it still work? How could it be transported without instantly killing everyone who touched it? Or what happens if your players just happen to stumble upon a Mithilar in their explorations? How would proximity to a Mithilar impact the potency of the player's spells? This could be a great addition to a long campaign where your players have leveled up their magics and are starting to call in their spells. Because they've gotten good enough to not have to worry about it anymore. Suddenly, they cast a level 1 or 2 spell in the ruins, and it operates like a level 10 spell. What? Oh, gods! And there are so many lower-level spells, it would be hilarious. At level 10, you might create a hypnotic pattern, but the size of a city. You might cast Alarm, intending just to set the perimeter and quietly notice if it's breached. But instead, setting off a very loud, attention-drawing siren when a squirrel decides to pop into camp. Whoopsies. Or hey, what if the opposite happens? What if the are cut off from the weave is still trying to function by siphoning off other magic sources, effectively creating a massive spell dampening effect? Someone in your party might cast a giant fireball and only get something basically like a sparkler. <laughs> Or they might attempt to cast vines, only to have a tiny flower shoot out of their pinky. Suddenly, all of your high-level casters are going to become reliant on physical attacks. Uh, That's going to make enemies usually beaten by magic very threatening again. Oh, a horde of goblins is trying to stab and gnaw your party to death? Well, no worries. Fireball will make quick work of... Oh, no! No, no, no. The goblins laugh at your magical impotence. (laughs) You can also use a sort of mishap to create a setting and backstory for your campaign. Maybe the structures of a netheral city somehow managed to stay mostly intact, and hundreds of years later, lots of people have moved in, making the city their own. But the people there have developed a very anti-magic culture, because their mithlar is still somehow functioning, and any wizard who comes through and casts anything ends up exploding half the city. Would they persecute or outright try to hunt down any magic users in your party? Hmm. Alternatively, maybe the new residents of the fallen city love the effect of the Mithalar, and magic flourishes, and they do lots of big, dangerous, stupid, experimenty things with magic all the time. You could have a setting with an entire city wrapped in darkness, and no one knows for sure why, but it's highly suspected that a wizard cast darkness too close to a Mithalar and uh-oh the entire place in permanent darkness. Would your party assist researchers attempting to venture into the dark to seek out the hypothesized mithilar and destroy it? And you could always set it up to work in reverse, like if a mithilar was intentionally tampered with to suck up all the magic in an area as part of a containment spell. That mithilar could be the only thing keeping a whole lot of scary nasties trapped in a given area. What happens if those monsters get out? There's lots of great ways to mix Mithilars into your homebrew. Until next time, how will you use Mithilars to delight your party? As always, we want to take a moment at the end of the episode to express our deep, deep gratitude to our listeners and supporters. You liking and subscribing and sharing our show with your friends and supporting us on Patreon, those contributions mean the world to us. It is your continued support that enables us to follow this passion. If you know someone who might enjoy our show, please consider sharing our episodes. And if you want to support us directly, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. You can find more information at patreon.com slash intothedungeon and more of our content at inthedungeon.com. Thanks, y'all. We can't wait to read you another chapter from the Tome of Dungeoneering. Hey hey is it owl bear